All right. So today in the Mind of a Football Coach podcast, we have Coach Burnside. Coach, welcome back. Hey, good to be here. It's awesome. We were just talking before the podcast. We were just saying this is such a busy time of year for all of us. We're just trying to get things done, summer school, football, getting all that all that rolling. You're you're exactly right. I mean, it's uh, the, it's changed so much um, in a good way. I mean, but June is very busy. June, July, all summer. It's just extremely busy. Yeah, and you said you're doing summer school. Do you, is are you teaching summer school? What are you What are you doing there? Yeah, I've, I've uh, one of my coworkers and I have taught summer school together here for several years. So just uh, it's a chance to help some of our kids out, and you know some some other students that need to make up some credit that they've messed up on in the school year. So it's a good opportunity. Heck yeah, and coach, you're a science teacher, right? Is that correct? That is correct. Coach, how did you get into that? Because that is so rare for us coaches. I, I was a science teacher before I became a principal. How does that work? How did you get into that? Well, um, I'll tell you what. Uh, when I was in college, I, I can really relate to our students that, that come out of high school. Not real sure. I changed my major three times, um, three completely different paths before I um, ended up in math education. And then I added the science, um, and I'm really glad that I did. Um, I had, you know, my mother-in-law and some other people, you know, I had several science classes, and they said, well, you should just go ahead and add the science degree as well. Um, so I did that, and, in you know, that's been the field that I enjoy teaching the most. That's awesome, Coach. So, Coach, you were on the podcast a while back. For the listener, give them a little background about your football um, resume, and then we'll we'll go from there. Okay. Well, um, I when I, I graduated from Doddridge County High School in, in '92, and from that point on, I I ended up at Glenville State College. I ended up participating in track and field as a pole vaulter, and then. I was hired right out of college at Roan County, so I spent nearly seven years there and gained some real valuable experience uh, as both the head track coach and eventually an assistant football coach. And that was just, uh, there were several head coaches at the time in that system. And again, just, you know, freshman, JV, all, and then eventually varsity, those experiences have helped lead me to where I am today. In 2012, I was hired as the head coach of Doddridge County. Uh, actually, that same year, I got the head track job and the head football job. And so this is going on to my 12th year. So, Coach, what you're also saying is you're really good at time management because you're the head football coach and the head track coach. Yes, I am. And I, and I think, you know, those work well together. I know several some of my friends that uh, do both and and that's a mm. nice combination really mm. my my good friend eddie vincent did that as well that was something he did here while he was at at buckhannon and yeah i don't being the head coach of two sports coach you you have a, a, a rare skill set because that's something that I, don't, I know i couldn't do there's no way in the world i could do that well i tell you what it it is challenging you have to have a really good staff which i do you know mm. because they you know 
Coach Bear, Coach Lagashi, Coach Ross, all, all the guys. They just they do a phenomenal job in the off season. Um, but uh, you know there is a little bit of time management, as you say. No doubt, Coach. So, Coach, you have been very successful at Dodgers County. You guys have have been very very good for a long time, and it's really cool to see how good you've been, even though you're a rural school. Because in our state, I feel like it's urban versus rural kind of like when you get like the haves and the have nots to some degree. But you guys have been excellent for a long time. And if you wouldn't mind just talking about how you've done that, because I think it's just so impressive um, for those of us who follow West Virginia high school football. Okay. well, um, first of all, I I don't really think it's anything that I've done. Um, I think it's been a total team atmosphere. I mean, as far as the staff and then the community and of course the athletes the buy-in but uh back in 2012 our first year we went six and four that was the first winning season in nine years so it it didn't just it didn't just uh turn around in a in a night but but at the same point we have had some success like you said then we went seven and three we really thought that we we're going to make the playoffs in 2013 and and we just missed it um and then we made it in 14 at eight and two and you know we lost in the first round and graduated a good class and and, and turned back around and went, went five and five and six and four and then really kind of leading to where we are today a big turnaround happened in 2017 we were 0-2 and then we we won eight straight games and made the playoffs. And um, that year we we lost to St. Mary's uh, in in the opening round. And that St. Mary's team went on to Wheeling Island. We were tied six six at the half and and ended up losing. But that was kind of when we were on to kind of a special group of athletes. And and the next year we were had an undefeated season, made it to the semis, lost to Willing Central. So we were 12 and 1 in 18. And then 2019, uh, we were 13 and 0, made it to Wheeling Island, and we lost to Willing Central in a, in a, in a battle and in the 19, you know, all the way to Wheeling Island. And then 20 was COVID, and we had a very good team there. We had a three week hiatus due to maps and different things and we made the playoffs and and lost and then uh 21 we were nine and one made it to the semis and and lost to uh williamstown and the same thing last year ended up 10 and three with a couple losses to williamstown so we've had four semifinal appearances and one appearance at Wheeling Island, but, uh, you know, still, still searching. So, you know, battling to try to reach that, Mm -hmm. uh, championship, but, uh, we did just graduate a very senior heavy class. And your, was your son that class coach? He was, my middle son was in that class. Yeah. He was, uh, he had a very, very nice career for us. He did. He, uh, Excellent offensive defensive lineman. And what was that like coaching your? What's it been like coaching your sons? Because you had one that was older, middle, and did you? Have, how how young is your youngest? Okay, so my oldest son is Reese, and uh, 
he graduated in 21. Adam just graduated in 23. Then my youngest um, is is my daughter Brooke, and she will be a sophomore. Okay, daughter Brooke. So, okay. You know, there was a time when I, and because I was coaching long before they were near high school, but I didn't coach them at the at the youth leagues. They always had other coaches. And there was a time where I thought this is going to be challenging. I, I feel like a lot of head coaches they think about that and they say, you know what, maybe I should step back and. And and I, I get that. And I was I was really thinking about that. Step away. You don't wanna you don't want to interfere with with how your you know with your your child's experience at the at the high school sports level and, and then you you know you're oh well, you know, they're not they're not gonna truly get credit for what to do because it's always because of the the coach's kid. But you know, good one of my friends and colleagues of that coached at another school said, you know, some of the most special memories he had was coaching his children when they went through. And I ended up staying on and just decided, you know, you guys are going to have to be some of the hardest workers on the team and, you know, you have to earn your way. And they did that. And, you know, one, well, two of the most special memories that, that I have, that I always have, one on that Wheeling Island, on that state championship game, both the boys were starting. Adam was a freshman, Reese was a junior. And of course we lost that game, but that was a very, very special season. And then, you know, the next year they were both on the state championship track team, which, you know, we won that title. And and those are just special memories. There's been a lot of memories, you know, with those two. Now, has there been challenges? Yeah, but they've, I feel like they've answered those and, and worked hard. And I think people have seen them earn their way and, um, you know, Adam, he was he was a fullback in middle school, and when he came to high school, he saw the opportunity on that 19 team to to get on the field. He moved the line, and he stayed there and and excelled as really an undersized lineman, but a but a great motor, and you know, just lived in the weight room. And Reese, he's in college now, pole vault in West Lib, and just doing wonderful things there. And you know, I just I I would say. Since you asked, I, I want to give this advice to coaches because I really thought about that. And that is, you know, don't just treat your your children like any other athlete. It, we're always harder on our children. I mean, and and just tell them they're going they're going to really need to work hard. And if they deserve to be out there, play them. Yeah, because that's a fine line, right? You know, you want you want to be hard on your all your players to some degree, right? And you want to you want to challenge them, and then. Like when it's your kid, you know, like you were saying, you want to, you're, you're tougher on, on them naturally, but then people are going to say, oh, it's only playing because they're the coach's kid. But if they're the best player, you play them. And I think you did a great job with that. That's right. And here's the thing, too. You and I and every coach out there knows it really doesn't matter. People are going to talk regardless. Hmm. you got to be able to look in the mirror at night and know you're being fair to everyone on the team, including your own children. And, you know, if they don't deserve to play or start, then don't start them. And that's, you know, that's that should be very clear. And, uh, you know, I think in the end, you know, again, when you go home at night, you're able to look in the mirror, your team that's with you every day and your staff, they know who you have better than anyone. And, you know, you go to battle with these guys and, and they work all year in the off season, And and then you uh, you go and you. Uh, you know, you, you try to earn your way. Absolutely. Coach, I got to ask, how did you get into pole vaulting? That seems like a very specialized thing. 
<laughs> okay, so that's uh, just my freshman year. I tell you what, uh, that's I was probably leaning towards baseball, and and I, I came out for track and field. A lot of some of our football players were doing, you know, track and field. I started pole vaulting, and it's just a, it's a very unique event. It's very fun. Pole vaulters love it, and uh, I just got hooked and ended up, like I said, I ended up, you know, pole vaulting the Glenville State College, and not near uh, as good a voter as my son is, but uh, I, I have really enjoyed coaching the pole vault at, at different schools, Roan and uh, a little bit of Ritchie and here here at Doddridge. And I just love seeing, you know, some of the success and it's a, it's a really challenging event and just unique. That's awesome. Coach, since we're in summertime, talk about your summer philosophy. Like I was reading a, a message board today about people's summer hours, summer schedule. What is your philosophy on summertime? What do you guys do to get yourself ready for the season? And yeah, I'd just love to hear what your thoughts are on that. You know, I, I think probably a lot, a lot of us do the same thing. Um, but for us, June is not about conditioning. I mean, we, we have the weightlifting going, but when we're having practice time, we it's more about installing um, and, and it's more offense than anything. I mean, we do, we work defense, um, but it's, we want to install and teach during this period of time. And, and it's funny that you asked that because, you know, that's what we've been doing. And last week we hosted the National Guard for, you know, they go around and, and they do a great thing, kick cultural, and they do this little boot camp. And, you know, some of our our kids that have been working all year just did great. And then we had some of the new athletes that were out that's really struggled. And, and I, you know, I realized we will condition and we expect them to be in great shape, but our June period is not about conditioning. I mean, it's our weight rooms rolling, but uh, it's about teaching a lot of offensive install, you know, just trying to get timing, you know, and then I think I've seen more and more clips and we're going to be one of those schools as well, putting on the shoulder pads, is you can do that um, and and not hit, but you can get timed up with shoulder pads and you can hit soft pads and different things. And then for us, we like to we like to work really hard in June, and then July becomes more weightlifting, speed training, uh, and then the end of July we are gearing up for the start of the season. So we want to, and I know some schools they go straight through and they're 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 killing it at practice in July, and I totally get that. But we like to have it. We tell we tell our players try to schedule your vacations in July if you can. Get, you know, get refreshed, hit the weight room, hit the speed training, because when we start in August, it's nonstop, and then you need to be all in until we're done. Yeah, I, I think you're right on. I think June is the time you're installing, get things ready. July, a little break before the season, potentially. And then, man, like you said, once August gets here, I mean, we're just living, living football all the time, all the way till you, till you finish. And they got, you got to give them some kind of, some kind of rest. Uh, so in, I know we're going to throw against each other and we're going to come to your lineman challenge. What's your philosophy on that? How many of those do you like to do? What, you, what are you trying to get out of those? How, how does that work for y'all? We, that's that's a very good question. So, I mean, and we've got, you know, 
like every school, we have kids and and athletes and and parents that just love these um, seven and sevens. Listen, they're good work. You know, they're very very offensively favored. I mean, there's there's no line, there's no blocking, there's no pass rush, but but still, you get to work your timing, you get to see your routes, you get to see your quarterbacks throw, and it's really good work for your for your defensive backfield. So, you know, it, I mean, the situations aren't real situations. I mean, it's obviously going to be a pass and everyone knows it. What we do is we, you know, we like to do a tournament somewhere. So we, we did one last week at Phillip Barber, and then we're going to go and do a practice with you guys. And that's all I've really got scheduled seven on seven wise. That ends up being like four or five games. Um, we could add one, but, uh, and then we like to do a couple, we like to give our big guys, you know, a couple competitions as well. And they had something called the Hog Wars over there. I think it was Preston, Philip Barber, Doddridge, uh, um, Tigers Valley, and Tucker. And and then we're going to have our competition. You guys are coming, East Fairmont, Roan, um, Philip Barber, you know, maybe a few other schools. But, you know, again, those things are they're, – they're good, they're valuable, but – I don't know that they're more valuable than practice time. I mean, you got to break it. They help break up the practice time, and it, it's fun, so that's important. Um, and again, you're and you're you're getting to see who can make some plays. You get to compete, and anytime you get to compete, that's a good thing. And you get to see, okay, well, this kid will compete. You know, this kid, you know, they make actual plays. You know, so I think it helps. But uh, I also do like, you know, the time of practice working on assignments and you know learning a lot of times in the seven on sevens i mean we have literally got to tell especially our younger players hey this is what you do this is the route we're still learning you know i learned something from you coach i learned something from you a lot when we this year we were changing our offense we're not going to be straight t it you know kind of going forward be more like you guys um, and I send you text pictures of me watching your film you sent me over the years. <laughs> and I'm like, it's Dodgers Day. I'm studying you guys. Um, but I, in 2021, we went through with you guys, and you had a binder with plays on them from Huddle printed off. And that's what we're doing. We'll show the young guys the picture. And you showed me that. And I thought to myself, that's a great idea. <laughs> like so hey. that's what we do for our young guys we just show them the picture like here here you go this is this concept when and we come I up think it, next it helps week play. we're going to be bringing some pictures <laughs> good yeah, got, that's awesome you know you know you tag them you name them you learn them but you're exactly right those those guys sometimes even the even the upperclassmen need refreshed you know but it's whatever works for you man absolutely Absolutely. Coaches, we, we wrap up the podcast. I would love some wisdom to to coaches out there. How how have you been at one place for so long and just had so much success? I know, you know, I, Mr. Cheeseman, your uh, superintendent's awesome. You know, he's he's a football guy, have great support. But just kind of some tips on, you know, in a day and age where coaches are here and there, like one or two years and they're gone, how have you just stayed the course? And just continue to be successful where you at, where you're at. Yeah, that's that is a great question. I mean, I, I'm just going to say I I kind of expect from myself to be the example that the same thing I expect from my team. And and if you know we have a different theme every year, but if, if I'm going to say you know what's the key? It's there's no C. It's hard work. So you know, 
when we're in that lot, when we're in the game, whether we're winning or losing, we're doing it together. And you got to have pieces and and people on the staff, like a, a coach Lagasse, a strength coach that's, you know, working with the guys all year long. I mean, those are integral parts. The staff going to the, some clinics together. and then, But you and I do know also, you know, one of the years we worked the very hardest was a year we were five and five. So, I mean, in the end, you've, you've got to have players that can make plays. You've got to have coaches that are all in, giving everything, you know, having the weekend meetings, studying film, you know, working the game plan. Um, but I, the thing that, you know, I would just say hard work, you know, really sticking to what we've practiced, you know, when things get challenging, not uh, scrapping everything and starting over in the middle of the season. I've seen a lot of teams do that. And, you know, no one's going to know your team better than you. Um, so my advice is you probably know the best path to victory and uh, try to do your best to, to give your team every chance to get on that path. Coach, that is beautiful. That is great wisdom. I really appreciate that. Hey, I, I don't know what to tell you, man, other than I know you're a hard worker and I really hope it pays off for you. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate you. You have a wonderful day at summer school. Okay. Thank you.